Welcome to Jurassic World. My pretties fly. I'm Brad. <laughs> and Dave. <laughs> and further proof that I don't rehearse any of this or let Dave know what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, but we're here to discuss Minute 81 of Jurassic World. And before we get to the frenzy on Main Street, we're going to quickly uh, duck over to JurassicWorldMinute.com. No, we're not. Jurassic-Pedia.com, where we have an article up here for Winston's, which I thought uh, took part in this uh, scene, but I don't think it does, I think it's just a grill joint, so anyway, we've got the Winston's article up here, um, Winston's Steakhouse, a little callback to the man himself that uh, brought us so much enjoyment from the animatronics in the previous films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of those uh, nice, subtle uh, tributes that they did during this movie that I really, really appreciated. And even the Winston's name sort of lends itself to, you could see it being a fine dining restaurant or um or a yeah, and it does it does make more sense than Spielberg's or Marshall's although Marshall's would probably do, do the job as well actually there was a um, a for the longest time before Macy's bought it a uh, department store called Marshall Fields that was um, was in downtown Chicago it was um, founded by the father of the, uh, actually, no, it was, I think it was, no, father. No, was it? Yes, father of, of uh, <laughs> Stanley Field, who um, founded the Field Museum. Sorry, I'm reading again. <laughs> oh, well, um, one thing you do have up on uh, this article, too, is the menu for Winston's. And I know the first thing that everyone's eyes fall to on this menu is uh, chili and sea bass, which mm-hmm. constantly, especially lately, a lot of people going out and buying uh, sea bass and um, some people that are fortunate enough to have that uh, is it Tiffany? The Tiffany set? Jurassic Park plate set? That um... Yes. Yes, it's, it's a very expensive fine china and jewellery store. Mm. That's still one of my high up wish list is that that, that that plate set. But anyway, chili and sea bass is a good little callback to that and what we got in uh, the original film. There's some There's some prices here too. <laughs> Like the most expensive thing on the uh, the menu is both of the lamb dishes, the grilled lamb rack and the uh, roast lamb chops, fifty five dollars. That's um. Oh no, the bone in fillet, uh, fillet mignons fifty six. So that's um. That's a lot of money for a meal there, and that's I'm guessing that'd be U S dollars too. 
that's probably 80 or 90 bucks <laughs> for me. Um, but I suppose they do have to get these uh, ingredients shipped to the island, which is going to be quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to go down and hope there's Domino's or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> down down the dark end of Main Street where not many people go. For uh, that and many more articles, head over to Jurassic-Pedia.com and uh, check them out. Every time we've unveiled a new asset, attendance has spiked. Global news coverage, celebrity visitors, eyes of the world. Dave, ready to get a minute 81? I am. Alright, minute 81 of Jurassic World opens with the chaos on Main Street. It ends with Hoskins on that helipad overlooking the terror. Um, as we end last minute, Main Street was in complete chaos as the uh, escaped flying reptiles attacked. And as we continue the assault into minute 81... A Dormorphodon crushes, uh, crushes into a park worker, sending him into the ground, and bites down on his arm. <laughs> they, they're out for blood, these animals, because we get that. Uh, as more people get knocked down, we see another Trinodon fly through that big amber pane of glass on that tower at the bottom end of Main Street, and uh, fall to the ground. Um, we get a nice little shot here of uh, everyone running down the end of Main Street and onto the, uh, the promenade there as... Uh, a Trinodon flies in here and lands on a guest that, that just as he sort of runs off the camera shot and starts driving its beak down into his skull. And <laughs> while he's running, he's sitting there doing that peck-peck from above, which, one, makes the animals look a lot smaller than what I think they're supposed to be, the fact that it's on top of the person, but it's there pecking its head down on his head, and you can hear some pretty uh, gruesome sound effects here as well. <laughs> well, I do know that the males are digitized smaller than the females in this movie. There yeah. are both. The, I think the males are the red ones and the females are the blue ones. And it, it makes sense that they're not all going to be the same size. You've got different breeding clutches and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, because we do we do get some larger ones that we're going to see next minute that are um, capable of picking people up. Because most of them here have been trying to pick people up and are not really succeeding. Some people are getting a bit of a fly through the air and getting dropped again, so... And as they run sort of down this esplanade or promenade, whatever you want to call it here, it's sort of one of the only real shots we get of this other side of uh, the lagoon, down past the uh, the arcade um, and all that sort of those buildings there that we don't really get any, any other shots of in the film. Yeah. Um, but that's when we cut back to the control room as the staff are moving about quickly. Uh, Hoskins watching the video feeds of the main street attack. Uh, would you reckon he's assumed command here at this stage? I know he hasn't brought the engine contractors in yet, but surely someone here's got to be calling the shots. <laughs> Not officially, but yeah, at this point, I think if anybody's in charge, he is. Even if there's anything to be in charge of, like you can see in the background, some of the staff, they're just opening folders and reading or flipping pages, and it's like, anyone know what we're supposed to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm looking in the manual, there's nothing about this. Yeah, exactly, look, look in the manual. Which I find funny is they've got it all on paper. There's no, not on the computer screens. <laughs> but I suppose as a, as a paper backups are still necessary today, even yeah. though we're all digital. And it sort of makes you wonder if if Claire's still park operations or whatever her title is, her out running after her nephews and not looking after the park or its visitors. It, it still just bogs me mind how she hasn't been put in jail by Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> you're in charge. You're in charge and responsible for this, and you're not there. Your your ne- neglect to the park and the visitors is just astronomical. 
Especially when the only the only reason she's used a phone so far is to get a call from Zara that they found the boys, not Larry or Vivian haven't called her to confirm that Mazzaroni's dead. What do you want to do? None of that. Or none that we see in the film anyway. Or read in the novel. But that's when Hoskins turns and leaves the control room. He's off for a, uh, a better view. But uh, <laughs> continuing the chaos back in Main Street, we cut to the petting zoo, which <laughs> I was sad to see this, but I'm glad the Trinidon couldn't pick up the, the Triceratops because it tries, tries that. Um, the staff are all sort of got... I wonder if they're just um, sort of sticks they use to help um, lead the animals around there because they're sort of swinging them in the air trying to defend the animals from the, uh, from the Trinodons as well. <laughs> Well, I think it's interesting that like we get this shot of Haskins standing there in the dark oh. before walking up to the screen, and then we get this close up of this like evil gleam in his eye before yeah. running off. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty much exactly what he wanted to um, mm-hmm. to get his Raptor project off its feet and into some real world trials. What about the the Tyrannodon trying to? take a, uh, its eyes are big in its head and try and take the baby triceratops. <laughs> you think the Gallimimus would be a better a better thing to try and pick up? You would think, but I mean, yeah. And like you said, it clearly can't pick it up, so it drops it. And the weight of the baby triceratops and the height from which it's dropped. <gasps> oh, no, don't. <laughs> it probably broke its leg <laughs> and, then was, and then was eaten later by something. Morbid? <laughs> But Sorry. I suppose true. <laughs> we got to look at this real, real life, real world. Oh, I'm guessing the um, the Galmimus might be a little bit too quick for the Trinodons to get him to. Maybe he's yeah. darting around. Um, well, if you if you're looking at there's some of the um, some of the people who are what the I don't know if you call them zookeepers exactly, but the people but the guides in charge of the of the petting zoo there are some are ushering the children out of the petting zoo while others are trying to usher the, the rest of the baby dinosaurs to shelter. Which, if it's like a real zoo, I'm sure they probably have, like, that that rock behind them is fake, and it leads into the enclosures where these um, veterinarians can, like, keep keep an eye on them, make sure that kids aren't poking them in the eye and stuff, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's, there's some sort of overnight housing in that they wouldn't be left out overnight even though you could nearly see Jurassic World as being like the, the park that doesn't sleep like Manhattan just um, the nightlife mm-hmm. and everything else but it'd probably turn away from the animals and turn into your restaurants and nightclubs and whatever else at night time that is my one regret about this movie is we never do get a nightlife kind of scene because I'm sure Jurassic World had it and I mean like we see with Camp Cretaceous that they probably would have did, like, holographic dinosaur parades and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, between that and the the, the sky beam <laughs> that we've seen concept art for the, uh, mm-hmm. in, the Innovation Center as well. Well, and um, we also got, like, concept art of, the like, the Tiki Village and yeah. uh, just kind of, like, general nighttime stuff that you, would have been really cool to see where you get, like, light, light up uh, pools of water that, with, like, little waterfalls and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and we mentioned earlier on too whether your Fourth of July is your New Year's and that would be celebrated with fireworks <laughs> or not being in a zoo, whether they'd have that sort of stuff at night time as well. But yeah, definitely the laser light shows and that sort of thing that have. But one, the one thing that gets me here is just the kids screaming and just the trauma that 
is happening here mentally to these children. Going back to when we first encountered the petting zoo, you had that kid so happy, he's booger coming out of his nose, he doesn't care, he's just really enjoying this Triceratops ride. And he, granted it wouldn't be the same kid, but similar kids would, would have one moment been enjoying him just as much, and all of a sudden just complete chaos. These screaming animals have come in, trying to pick up the beloved animals. Hopefully none of them have picked up kids. I don't even want to go go into that. Hopefully, hopefully the uh, the park staff have been able to sh- get all the kids to safety. But you've got to raise the question: if they're attacking people in Main Street, maybe um, all the kids have been left at the petting zoo. Maybe not all the kids are going to make it back to their families, <laughs> which again continue the morbid the morbid thoughts. But luckily, we cut away from that uh, <laughs> darkness. Well, not only that, but they strategically cover the. Um... T-Rex falling, or I mean the uh, baby Triceratops falling on the ground with other park cats running in front of the camera, <laughs> blocking the view. I hadn't thought about that before. Thank you, David. <laughs> <laughs> but we cut to uh, one of the laneways that goes in between um, some of the attractions as Owen and Claire arrive on the quad bike and... Uh, We've got more park staff running about. Uh, we've got some ACU, ACU troopers there and security staff. Uh, the shotguns and the trank rifles. And as they get off the bike, an announcement over the PA says, uh, use liquid tranquilizers, do not use live ammunition. So, Which, at this stage, I don't think... I'm a, it must only be to prevent visitors from being shot by staff. Because I think that the whole, these animals are an asset, would be out the window at this stage where... We've got to protect the people, the visitors, um, any way we can. Which makes you wonder, I think we've brought this up before, how many weapons, guns there are on the island. All we've seen, the ACU troopers and that carrying around those um, those electric trank rifles and that. Mm-hmm. Apart from what they went after the Indominus with, old mate with his shotgun, most of the stuff's been non, non-threatening anyway. Although that might be just a message for Owen. Do not take that marlin off your back and start popping, <laughs> popping trenodons out of the sky. Everybody, there. this is a non-lethal situation. Do not shoot the guests. And I'm talking to you, Mr. Owen Grady. <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't shoot him. I shot the trenodon and the trenodon landed on him. <laughs> it's not my fault he got impaled by the beak. <laughs> Sort of weird as Owen gets off the motor, off the bike here. Um, we get some of the small people run out of a door and run past, and out of absolute nowhere, there's a, a lady there that sort of hands Owen a second trank gun um, that she was carrying. For some reason, she had two, and she just hands one off to Owen as she runs down the the uh, laneway and doesn't say anything, just keeps on running. <laughs> Obviously, a, a setup for the scene, but not really making sense. Um, Owen doesn't know, even ask, "Hey, can I have that or whatever else?" He, she just, it's there in his hand. <laughs> but that's when we uh, cut back to the top of the command building as Hoskins emerges from the staircase on the side of the tower there. He doesn't come out the uh, the lift for some reason. Maybe he wants the exercise. <laughs> I was going to say, he needs the exercise anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's getting his heart rate up for what he's about to see up on top because he runs up onto that abandoned helipad. And um, the whole time you can hear those those air raid or those warning sirens going off in the background, as well as the uh, the screams of people from Main Street and the squawks and the screeches of the 
the animals attacking, but he, from that vantage point, he can look over. Not the best view uh, that's described in the novel, where um, they can see Main Street below here. It's, it's obstructed by a lot of trees. You're mainly getting just that shot of the uh, the animals circling and swooping from above, uh, down below the building lot, the eye side of the buildings. Yeah. Yeah, that look on his face. <laughs> the gears but you also see him stand there and kind of breathe in and then smile. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the second team. <laughs> if there's if again if there's ever time to twill that mustache, you're on <laughs> it now. Right as he's getting the phone out to his uh, contacts, we have a go. Mm. <laughs> but uh, anything else on the maniacal Hoskins or the Main Street attack before we get into the novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right. Uh, it all pretty much happens the same as what we uh, get in the film. Uh, when we see Hoskins on the helipad, um, it said he's thrilled at the carnage on Main Street below. So, yes, he um, he's living, he's loving this at the moment. And uh, it's not over, not over yet. Next two minutes, uh, we, uh, we're going to have that uh, the death of Zara, which takes up nearly the whole minute. <laughs> they, um, <laughs> they really want to see her die. <laughs> like I said, the very controversial, uh, over-the-top death. Yeah, yep. We're, um... We're not going to be recording that for a couple of weeks, so if um, if you got any feedback for uh, for her death or want to discuss anything about it, then uh, get it in. We'll talk about it when we talk about uh, all that next minute, because um, yeah, it's brutal. I don't... <laughs> but uh, we'll discuss more of that when we get to it, Dave. If that's it for eighty-one, how about we get out of here? That sounds good. <laughs> 